Welcome to the Mill Creek View Florida Podcast with your host, Julie Barrett. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Mill Creek View Florida Podcast. We have a great show lined up for you today. For more information about the Mill Creek View Podcast and the Mill Creek View newspaper, make sure to visit us at www.mcview.us. Don't forget to subscribe to the show at podomatic.com and Rumble or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. So I want to start off with some thoughts. Today is election day and wanted to share some of my thoughts about elections with you all. As you know, I come from the state of Washington, the deep blue state of Washington to Florida. And I know that there's a very different dynamic with elections in Florida. They're a little, a lot more trusted than they are in Washington state. Rewind to 2004, Washington's governor's race was between Republican Dino Rossi and Democrat Christine Gregoire. This was my first time voting ever. I was almost 30 at the time. And uh, my boss actually told me that I had to vote. I had no choice and I had to vote. So I voted and I only voted for president and I voted for John Kerry. Don't ask. And then I voted for Dino Rossi. Uh, my The company I worked for was very supportive of Dino Rossi. He had been in our office for events and things. And so I knew him. And so that's probably the only I wasn't politically savvy in any way, clearly, that I'm voting for John Kerry and Dino Rossi. So in that election, Dino Rossi wins the first count and he's going to be the governor. Well, the Democrats challenged it and they did a recount. Well, he won the recount. Well, the Democrats challenged it again. And in that third count of the votes, they somehow managed to find enough votes that the Democrat won the race. And it was very sketchy. They were finding ballots, if I recall correctly, in trunks of cars and lots of sketchy places. And that was it for me. I was done. My vote didn't count. They were going to do whatever they needed to do to win the election. And I wanted nothing to do with it. So I didn't vote again for another 12 years until 2016 when Donald Trump was on the ballot. And I voted for only Donald Trump and nothing down ballot. I still really didn't know what I was doing. But since then, I've learned a lot and I've become quite an activist. And I know that voting is critical to the uh, health of our country. It's a duty. It's a responsibility that we have as American citizens. And we really don't have any right to complain about anything if we're not even willing to take a few minutes out of our day to cast our ballot. And in many states, there is mail-in voting, which is not ideal. I'm fully in support of in-person voting with ID check. But if you are in a place where there's mail-in voting and you don't want mail-in voting because you think that it is uh, fraudulent and not transparent, which I would agree with, but what's the way out of that? The only way out of the place that we're in now is to vote our way out of it. We can guarantee that we're not going to change anything if we're not even willing to vote. And so it is going to take massive numbers of us to turn out in elections to turn this thing around. And so if you are in an 
area where you have local elections today, please make sure that you cast your ballot by 8 p.m. tonight, wherever you happen to be. This is very important. And a lot of people are telling me, well, there's only one name on this position. Well, write it in, write in somebody, you know, write in Donald Trump or whoever you want to write in, but turn in your ballot so that they see that those are being returned. Uh, so that's important. And, you know, I posted a quote today from Susan, Susan B. Anthony about how so many people have suffered for us to have the privilege to vote. We need to use that privilege. So go out and vote. Tell your family, tell your friends uh, to do so as well. Well, here in Florida, the state legislature has convened for a special session this week where they're addressing a number of issues, including support for Israel, sanctions for Iran, and relief for Hurricane Idalia that hit here in late August. The Senate Rules Committee and the House State Affairs Committee passed SB 10C and the companion bill HB 5C. Uh, these bills expand the definition of scrutinized companies that do business with Iran. A handful of Democrat lawmakers voted against the bill, including Representative Anna Eskimani. She's a Democrat from Miami. And she voted against the bill saying, I have a lot of family in Iran. Majority of my family is in Iran, and I cannot vote something, vote for something that could potentially hurt my family in Iran. And so, members, I will be voting no on this. The bill did pass uh, with a majority voting uh, in favor of this and, and most of the Democrats as well. Another uh, Democrat-sponsored bill was HB 5C, which calls for a ceasefire and support of Palestine. It's unlikely that this is going to pass it strongly. Uh, opposed by Republicans, and I would imagine that uh, there are some Democrats that will be in opposition to that as well. So a lot going on here in the state of Florida today with the House, um, the legislature in special session and lots of elections going on around the state. So without further ado, let's move on. We've got a great guest ahead of us today, uh, but you know, the way we grow our audience is by listeners like you sharing our show with their friends. Share us with 10 of your friends, just 10, that's it. So speaking of sharing, uh, our great guest is coming up and you don't want to miss it. Hang on, we'll be right back with our guest for today. With Columbia, Tennessee-based EnergizeHealth.com, you lose fat fast, simply and naturally, without restrictive exercise or cardboard dry, tasteless food. Revolutionize your health with this proprietary 88-day science from John and Chelsea Jubilee. People report getting off medications and reversing ailments. Energy, mental clarity, and alertness go through the roof. Look and feel many years younger and oftentimes unrecognizable. I know. I'm an alumnus and lost 70 pounds of fat with John and Chelsea and wouldn't have energy to do three shows a week without it. Hit the link in show notes for your free consultation and discount. Money back guarantee so you have nothing to lose but unhealthy fat. EnergizedHealth.com Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mill Creek View Florida podcast. I am your host, Julie Barrett, and I have a 
A very exciting guest joining me today, none other than my friend Jim Grant with 5025. He also has a podcast called Play Harder Radio. And Jim and I met back when I was still in Washington, maybe about a year and a half ago. And I've been on his podcast. I've talked about some of the experiences that we had with um, our kids and the anti-parent laws in the state of Washington. Uh, we've talked about a number of issues. I've had him on my women's planning podcast where we talked a lot about the uh, precinct committee man uh, thing that uh, why is it? Why am I blanking on the name of the precinct strategy? Precinct strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we have talked in depth about that. Um, Jim is a fellow Patriot and lives in the, panhandle of florida and we have a lot of common areas of of interest we also i think we're both um kind of accidental activists if i'm not mistaken jim i'd agree yeah yeah so talk to um tell tell people a little bit about 5025 and you and i both also have that fitness background fitness interest um, together right. and that it really is interesting how many people with that background have have become activists. Yeah, it is. I mean, I guess I haven't noticed that, but it doesn't really surprise me. I 5025 came about when I was working for a company, the previous company that I worked for and one of the uh, the vice presidents said, he's 50 going on 25. And there was not a compliment. It was uh, a negative comment about me. And I, my response was, you're damn right I am. I'll never be like you. So I got a um, uh, wild hair. I mean, I just I got an attitude about it. And I had a logo made and uh, got the Facebook page going. And then I've started doing some podcasts. And we've picked that up again, uh, doing 5025 podcasts. Uh, I had the Play Harder radio show was a sports show that I did live at a bar on the beach in Pensacola, Pensacola beach on Thursday nights. And then back around the time that Colin Kaepernick started kneeling for the national anthem, uh, then Trump got elected and they started, uh, uh, I don't know, injecting sports, pro sports, especially all sports though with uh polit with their political message with a progressive liberal political message uh it kind of flipped to a political show and so i was doing that for a couple of years for a few years and <laughs> um i just was angry all the time and i was on patriot tv uh dot com and with those guys they still have that that's still out there the old shows are still on there and I quit doing that in May. I just needed a break from being, it's hard to say it this way, but wanting to kill somebody all the time with the way they were uh, running the country and decisions they were making and the way, as Julie knows, up in Washington, especially what schools are trying to do to our kids, uh, what they're trying to do to kids in schools all over the country. People say it doesn't happen in Florida, but let me tell you, it happens in Florida too. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, and I'm sure you know that now that you're in the state of Florida. I and sure do. Yeah. So 
yeah, yeah we, uh, I actually uh, went to my first school board meeting just uh, less than three weeks after we got here because I saw some of the same policies that we were getting away from in Washington being proposed here in Sarasota County. And it's amazing to me just from my participation in those school board meetings, how the left has really infiltrated. I mean, they're here and they are working hard and we need to be working harder. You know, you talk about the left infiltrating. It's amazing that in uh, Escambia County where I'm at, that's pretty, pretty damn red here. Pretty damn red County, really red County, but uh, they've infiltrated when they were doing, uh, you know, the left likes to propose it as banning books. You're banning books. Uh, when we were trying to have some books uh, taken out of the uh, public school libraries, one of the big proponents for keeping some of these books in the uh, libraries was the uh, pastor at the United Methodist Church in town. Wow. So I mean, when it's coming at you from that angle, I mean, you know, it's what do you It's amazing how many of the churches, I mean, it's bad enough that so many churches are silent, but then how many churches have gone full woke, you know, they're flying right. pride flags and, you know, full in on the LGBTQ agenda. I don't care what you do in your private uh, business or uh, organization. I, I really don't care what you do at your church or whatever as long as you're not trying to force it on me. And, you know, and I, and I think that that's, I, for me, you know, I just basically what I think I even, I think the constitution is all about is I, I want to be left alone. I don't want some, I don't want an agenda trying to be being forced on me or my kids. I, it doesn't take a community to raise my kids. I'll raise my kids and make decisions for them. Right. And that's the, you know, Hillary Clinton, literally right. wrote the book it takes a village and right. that was back in the mid 90s i remember my oldest was was still in diapers and i read that book and it if you go back and look at that book you know it was all part of the plan that we're seeing playing out you know it's all been laid out there for everybody it's been laid out over and over in in many yeah. different areas um you know, they're like, oh, you're crazy. When you when you talk about some progressive uh, <clears throat> uh, legislation or whatever that's being proposed, proposed or whatever and what it could mean, and you bring up Agenda 21, which has, because of Trump, transformed into Agenda 2030, uh, it's, it's all laid out in United Nations documentation, mm -hmm. what they're trying to do. I think it's hard for people to really wrap their minds around the reality of what is happening. They right. don't want to believe it. And, you know, you've been talking about how you've been frustrated and angry and, you know, stopped with your podcast. Is that, I, I know for me, one of the biggest sources of frustration right now is the apathy and the sort of that commitment to normal, right? They do not want to let go of, of their, we'll call it normalcy bias, right? Um, right? Is that part of what 
Does that frustrate you? Is that? Oh, uh, my, my, one of my biggest, uh, yes, yes is the answer. And, and one of the things that I see is there's so many people, uh, that agree may may agree with us, right? Yep. But they, you know, as soon as they hear that a conversation or that maybe uh, the question or whatever it may be at hand, what may be at hand is political. Oh, I don't, I, I, I don't want to get involved in that. I, don't, I don't want to get involved in involved in politics. I don't want to get involved in politics. Right. You know. And and so they're 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 sitting on their ass at home, and as long as they're comfortable, as their life is comfortable, as long as it's not affecting them right now, they don't care, and they don't they don't want to be involved. And I can't remember if it was Plato, Socrates, a Plato, maybe, uh, to not be involved in politics resigns you to be. It's this is paraphrased, but resigns you to being governed by the worst of us. Yep. And how true that is. And we are seeing that play out today. And, you know, the thing I always think of is my biggest, the the biggest thing that got me involved in what I'm doing now, which is legislative activism, was the experience we had with our daughter in Seattle, where she was um, taken and held hostage by a a youth homeless shelter. That got me activated. That is so... Yeah. If you're just listening to this for the first time, when 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 Julie says taken hostage, she is not exaggerating. Right. If you haven't heard her story, it's it, she go back and find the wherever you've talked about it. She is not exaggerating. Yeah, and we can link that in the notes. Um, we'll put a link to some some of my story in the notes. But you know, for me, that was a extremely painful and devastating to this day, devastating experience for our family. And and that's why I tell the story so much is because I want to spare people from experiencing that kind of pain. But, you know, what we're seeing here with this apathy is people are going to have to experience some kind of painful event that's going to wake them up and compel them into action. Yeah, I, I... That's disheartening because what is, you know, apathy is deadly. Yep. You know, it. I mean, it goes right, you know, apathy is the act of not, you know, not caring, right? Right. right? And so, you know, what's that old quote, you know, the only, uh, another paraphrase, but the only thing necessary for evil to succeed is for good men to stand by and do nothing. Right. And, and that's why I get, I get very upset at some, teachers because they're like oh i disagree with all this i'm like well you're still in there teaching and you know and you're not standing up as a teacher that disagrees with this you have an opportunity to stand up for these children you know the opportunity you know you know one of the reasons i've learned something uh new some new stuff recently uh about the school system and stuff because I didn't, I'm pretty harsh as to how I might react to kids' behavior and certain things like that. And many of the kids that are in, it's just, it's a, you know, a target-rich environment for the left in schools, because there's so many kids that come from homes and neighborhoods where there's no involvement from the parent. 
They don't, and not that these parents, the the other apathetic ones that I'm talking about that don't care are the ones that might be, are the successful, for lack of a better term, the successful families, right? Successful mom, successful dad, um, you know, not living in poverty or anything like that. Kids all have the latest iPhone. Yep. You know, everything's good, you know, good life, vacations, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm talking about there's so many families who don't know anything better than the propaganda and, and, and don't under, they've never been outside their neighborhood. People that live in the people that live, I'm trying to think, you know, like two or three miles from the beach for their whole in, in high school who've never been to the beach. <laughs> they have no idea outside of that community of that and and what they've been what they've been taught in that community. I my son says that to me he goes dad you're you're too hard you're too harsh. You're you need to be more uh you know empathetic you're too harsh. They don't know any better and I'm like bullshit they know better. They know you know what? I'm learning. They don't know better. Yes. And it's a, it's just a whole nother area where we got to get where we have to get involved. Yeah, you know, it's interesting being here in Southwest Florida, which is culturally very different from Western Washington. And <laughs> what I notice is people here, they have a lot of them have no idea what life is like in a deep blue Democrat socialist Marxist state. They don't know. Because right. they're so, you know, in their little Florida conservative bubble. I mean, you've got leftists here, sure. But you have freedom. You have a lot of things. You know, you can go to the gun store and, you know, buy, you know, an AR-15. You can't do that in Washington. Yeah. You know, I mean, just like the experience in the in the gun stores is night and day from Washington and Florida. That's just one example. But people here, they're like my neighbors. I love them. They're very sweet, but they don't. I was having a conversation out in our cul-de-sac on Halloween and the neighbors were saying, you got to, you know, tell us about these things that are going on in our government that we, you know, should be aware of because we don't know. And so there's this, you know, it's that, it's that same concept of if you don't get out of your, your community, you don't, you don't know. And of course, you try to know, (laughs) do you try to know? Yeah. Do they try to know? You know what I mean? Are are you making an effort to find out a little bit? But I don't think they want to. Right. Yeah. I I was having the happy bubble. (laughs) I was having a conversation this morning. Uh, Yeah. You know, people, you're right. They don't want to know because that, that causes some, that, you know, makes for some hard choices and takes them way out of their comfort zone. And people don't want to believe how bad it is. It can be, right? Yep, yep. And, you know, I would say, Jim, for you and I, we can both say that, like, we can't unsee the things that we've seen. And so you and I and and people like us, which is a small minority of people, we have seen the things we wish we could unsee, but we've seen these things. And instead of 
you know, just crawling back into our hole and distracting ourselves with other things to make us think everything's okay. We've committed to do something about it. We've committed to speaking out and trying to wake up other people and compel them to action. Exactly. And you know that you mentioned it earlier, precinct strategy and being a precinct committeeman, it's really a very simple idea. And so, you know, my son says to me all the time, I, we, my son and I have come from, he was eight years uh, on October 27th, eight years clean and sober. So wow, that's awesome. Congratulations um, to him. Amazing. Yes. He's, and he is just, <clears throat> he's unrecognizable from eight years ago. That's incredible. Yeah. Praise God. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, and we taught, he's like, I don't know. I think we got to tear it all down and start over, I think. And I'm like, dude, I, how many times, and he is, he is, and, and I mean that his, he's unrecognizable even politically, right? Uh, so he, that's a good he, thing. It sounds just, like he's bent on the, sh- on the stuff that people are doing. Good. You know, just, you know, but what do I do? And I'm like, dude, we've talked about this how many times? And I'm, you know, I'm, what I'm saying is the, on the precinct strategy is we're asking for a couple hours a month right? out of your time, two hours a month. And you know what, of all the time, all the shows I did of the few hundred shows I did and the hundreds of friends and the, and the people that in conservatives, do you know, I, I can't get anybody to be a precinct committeeman. So let's let's kind of back up just a little bit. Tell everybody what a precinct committeeman is. Now in Washington State, it's called a precinct committee officer, and in Florida, it's a precinct committeeman. So where you are, it might be something different. But would you just kind of talk about what's involved in that? Precinct committeeman and precinct committee woman. To be, you know, we we do have a little political correctness in Florida. What do you do if it's a it's a, if it's a if it's a they them. Uh, I, I'm going to have to think about that for a second. Exactly. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, what happened to be in a committee uh, them? Is it a pallet? <laughs> just it's too insane. It's to totally believe. insane. So here's Absolutely the premise ridiculous. and I'll put it, Elliot, look up the, uh, I think it's precinct precinct strategy.com. Yes, it is. is actually what it is. So if we can put that in the notes too, yeah. But we'll here's that. the deal: there's about four hundred, or I think it's I can't remember if it's four hundred thousand total. Let's just go on the premise that it's four hundred thousand total. Okay, there's four hundred thousand total precinct committeemen seats in the United States. Did you say four hundred thousand? Yes. Because each county has hundreds. Yes. Yeah, there's, in my county, there's, uh, I think there's a hundred and some precincts. And there's a precinct committee man and precinct committee woman for each county. And you can go on. and, and Like and a national can... committee man or woman. Yeah, and then, you know, and then there's the, yeah. So one of each of those in every county. And so. The premise being that you've got the establishment out there, which is the issue with the Republican Party, right? Yep. Rhinos. The party. 
yeah, the Uniparty. Yeah, you might. Yeah, the Uniparty, the the uh, one fourth of the Uniparty or one third of the Uniparty is Republican. So right. of those seats, there's 200,000 seats available that aren't taken. There's only 200,000 seats taken. So the idea being that a good percentage of that 200,000 seats that are taken, most of those are establishment. For so, which is why uh, Mitt Romney's uh, niece, tell me her name again off the top Ron of my head. Ronnie McDaniel. Yeah, Ronnie McDaniel is the committee is the committee chair of the Republican Party right still. So the establishment is making the rules. The establishment is choosing the candidates. The establishment is deciding uh, where the money goes for candidates. And we experienced a lot of that in uh, the 2022 elections. We saw people that didn't get money because of that. So with those 200,000 seats available for the, we want the conservatives, the America first, uh, the Patriots to fill up those seats because we do, they're not all, you know, maybe um, six out of 10 or so, our establishment of the 200,000 we have, if we can fill up those other 200,000 seats with conservatives, we can have control of who the county chairman is, who the state representative from that county is for precinct committeeman and precinct committee woman. So we have a conservative vote at the state level on decisions and by, and then at the national level, we have a conservative representation. All it takes here is to go to three meetings. Meetings last, meetings here last a uh, little over an hour. Are they monthly or quarterly or monthly, monthly meeting? You don't even have to go every month, but you got to go to three meetings in a row, sign a pledge, a commitment, and then you're sworn in. Soon as I heard about it last uh, May or June, I did it, and by August I was a precinct committeeman. I should. I need to do that for my precinct. Yeah, you. you yeah, it. It would be. Yeah, it's imperative. And so now we have a voice. Now, not enough has happened. Uh, it, I, I, you know, you've had your show. You've talked to how many people. Even you, I'm not I'm not getting on you, but even you, as active as you are and what you've experienced, still yet are not a precinct committeeman. Well, and there's a reason for that. Do you want to do you like Well, you just moved for one thing, right? <laughs> well, I did just move and I have limited time, right? Like for me, it's right. like where is my focus gonna be? And in Washington State, I poured, you know, seventy hours a week into legislative activism. So I really yeah. just didn't have time for it. Um, That's just and, right. And the other thing is I am not, uh, I, I am a registered Republican because here in Florida, you have to register for a party. Right. Uh, I tend to vote. I, I do vote Republican because I would never vote for a Democrat, but I am not and it's still too early for me to tell Florida's got a really interesting dynamic on the right um, that we can talk about, but 
what I saw in Washington was the the GOP there is so dysfunctional and the people that you know the the MAGA the America first the patriots that have gotten in um it's it's kind of like the wild west (laughs) in the Washington GOP and it doesn't like they're so there's no you know it's called the precinct strategy and I think in many of these cases there is no strategy right there's no leader that's coming out to kind of corral all these people together and you know, you can't just go in and you, I mean, you could, but, and I think they do, they go in and they just kind of want to burn the whole place down. Well, you have to be strategic about it. And, uh, so that, that was one of my things with, with Washington. Um, but you know, Florida, I know the GOP chairman here, he lives in my County and, uh, you know, I I definitely, that's, that's something I want to do to get involved and, you know, get to know my community and and the lay of the land. So, but that's, that's my excuse. Is your, well, 70 hours a week, I guess is somewhat okay of an excuse (laughs) being put into other things for the cause. Thank you you for your grace. (laughs) Uh, You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, that so many, it's not enough, you know, I, I say this, you know, you're doing something, but so many people that believe like we do make comments and talk big and say all this on Twitter and or X and social media and then, you know, don't do anything else. And well, that, they're keyboard warriors, right? They're, you know, moms sitting at the soccer game. They have time to get on social media and share their two cents, but you know, they're not willing to go to a school board meeting and make right. a public comment or what, what have you. Right. I, uh, it's, I'll tell you what, even in my red, red County, you should hear some of the arguments and, and just the controversy, the stupid petty crap that comes up in a meeting that wastes all kinds of time. Mm-hmm from people that are working hard and just want a little bit more of a voice and that people that just want to shut them down. Well, that's why it's so important to be strategic about the things and the, and the manner in which we talk about these things and bring them into these public arenas, like, you know, the testifying in your city, County legislature or school board. Right. And, and you know what, and it, it's evident that it's, it's very tough to, uh, to make those changes in something that's been going on for so long. Yep. And usually when people are speaking publicly on these issues, they are very passionate, they're emotional and, you know, on both sides, I will tell you, they sound completely unhinged where if you're an average voter citizen watching this, you're like, Ooh, I don't want anything to do with that. Those people are crazy. Right. I'm sure a lot, a lot of people think that I'm a nut job and maybe that's, maybe that is a fair assessment, but in my mind, I think that I, you know, they're like, Oh, you're, he's far right. He's a right wing nut job. And I'm like, you know what? In my mind, I consider myself to be right down the middle. And the middle to me is the constitution. Yep. 
If you want anything more or anything less, that's the left or the right. Right. And the, the, and that's the thing. The Constitution has become, quote, far right. Yeah. So for me, like if we're cha- if we're changing the definitions and we're changing the rules, then that's fine. I'll be far right. If being a constitutionalist is far right, sign me up. You know, same thing goes with Christian nationalists. If you go to church on Sunday and read your Bible, you're a Christian nationalist. Well, we're under attack, you know, at right. stop. Their their rules are for uh, you know, for us, not them. One hundred percent. You know, it was interesting. I was uh on we were flying home from Indianapolis on Sunday and I was on the plane just scrolling through my my Twitter X feed and people seem so surprised about what happened in Washington, D.C. at the White House with the pro-Palestine, pro-Hamas protests over the weekend. And, you know, will they get the same treatment as the J6 people? Well, of course not. Like, have you been paying attention to the last three years? There's no question they're not going to get the same treatment. And if you're surprised by these protests and the fact that there's radio silence coming out of the White House. I, I, I just think, do you live in a cave? Because this, the writing has been on the wall for this for, you know, at least the last, especially the last four years, even before that, though. Right. Yeah, it's it's a double standard for sure. Well, I mean, every if you don't see the hypocrisy, the absolute the abject hypocrisy and laughable hypocrisy that's going on with all these Trump prosecutions. Right. You know, I don't happen to be uh, in the Trump camp right now. I I will vote for Trump if he's the nominee. Right. I'll back him. Um, What started for me was what started it for me was and I and listen, I still back him despite what I'm going to say right now. But, you know, three days before the 2022 elections in November. I can't remember what the exact day was the sixth. I don't remember the exact day, whatever that Tuesday was three days before that on a Saturday is when uh, Trump started the name calling the sanctimonious. He's a traitor stabbing me in the back, you know, and started all these lies. And, you know, and then you have, which I, I can't, I, I can't, I won't stand by for that yeah. line about DeSantis, who I believe I've been, I've been hard on DeSantis at the start of COVID. I was hard on DeSantis because he was, he was falling in line with the, you know, with the mandates and the lockdowns at the time. And, but he corrected course, right? Right. Pretty and quickly it, too. Pretty quickly, within a month or two, couple mm-hmm. months, two three months, and, and and let's be let's be honest about me. I'm never happy with the. I'm saying I I always I always joke around. I'm like, you think you hate Trump? Let me be president. I'll I'll, I'll give you something to hate. <laughs> you know, because uh, it's it's about personal responsibility for me, and nobody right. wants to to take that. Right. But. Uh, you know the 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 lying about DeSantis, and I'm not sure you necessarily want to go there, but I'm no, just so I'm and, actually and, so 
full disclosure for the audience, Jim and I were texting this morning and, and Jim, Jimmy asked me like, Hey, do you want to talk about Trump and DeSantis? And, um, you know, I, I we, we told, and I'm like, we can go wherever you want to go. Uh, I, it, the dynamic here, um, between, uh, the, the Trump and DeSantis camps is very interesting. And, um, I'll just tell you straight out of the gate in my, in my community here with the uh, conservatives here in Sarasota, um, because I'm not like waving Trump flags and all in on Trump. I'm kind of like pegged as potential, you know, they're very cautious about me and I could be establishment. And, you know, I talked to the Florida GOP chairman. And so, you know, I'm, I'm probably in with them. So it's been very interesting to me. So I'm very curious to hear your perspective on this. Well, I mean, both sides are now, I won't vote for the other, which is completely ludicrous to me. Yeah, just we might as well just not have an election and just hand it over yeah. to Biden again. So we're just going to hand it over? Yeah, you know? it's, it's ridiculous. And, I, and I'm with you. I will, I, I will vote for Trump if he's the nominee because I will vote for a Republican and, I, you know, independent voting independent is a vote for Biden as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so I, I, I think that for the majority of Americans, um, you know, they are, they don't like what's happening in the Biden administration, but they're not willing to vote for Trump. Uh, they might've liked his policies, but they can't let go of that personal, like distaste for his personality. Right. Yeah, it's dis- well, I've become disgusted by it with this last. Listen, I <laughs> the first three, I don't believe there's honesty. OK. And I think there's I think there's grifting going on yeah. in. Yes. Both campaigns. Yes. now. Agreed. I, in every campaign. Yes. There's For grifting. Sure. Yeah. And I believe that the, I believe the Trump people, the Trump base are patriots. Right. Yep. Uh, I believe the DeSantis people are patriots. The whole calling DeSantis a rhino shit, and 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 you know, there's nobody back Trump harder for years, and still, in, in to my to my knowledge, I told you, I said I backed away a little bit, but I still am on. I still scroll through media every day, uh, social media every day. I don't hear DeSantis attacking Trump. No, I, I haven't seen that either. Now, the 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 DeSantis camp deal is that the uh, well, it turns out Trump's lawyer said we know it wasn't really stolen, and I'm like, you know what? That's just such BS. There's so much evidence to what right. has gone on, and they, um, one of my very close friends, a patriot that I love to death, Tia, who's been on the show several t- was on my show several times. Is in the DeSantis is in the DeSantis camp, which I am as well. But somebody uh, Tucker was talking about getting rid of voting machines, and she's like, "Absolutely not, lol." And now, if she hears this, we'll have to talk. We will talk. And I, I answered her by the way on Twitter, so she knows. I'm like, "Absolutely yes, lol," because we just know of all the crap. First right. of all, is it even? You don't have to be a genius to. Who believes that Biden got more, let's put it this way, who believes that Biden got more votes than Obama? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely not. 
who who does who believes that and and you know what i don't hear anybody disputing that trump got 75 million nobody disputes that he got that many right and that's more than any incumbent ever i used to make the analogy that i go my 80 five-year-old father with Parkinson's and his wife got in their minivan and got in a Trump train on the highway before that election. Mm-hmm. I guess it was 2020. So what? He was 83, but I'm like, are you kidding me? When, an, when those people are getting out on the highway and in those Trump trains, yep. you can't tell me. So yeah, I do. So I so I think both sides are lying about different things. You know, I don't know if you saw this, but I think it was last week that both of the sides were bickering about um DeSantis's height and the fact that he wears cowboy boots everywhere. And right. It was like it went on all day. Yeah, and I I'm saw just it. looking at this going, you know, we've got children being mutilated and sterilized. We've got children being groomed. We've got our constitution, you know, barely exists anymore in many of our states. Uh, Our southern border is wide open. We've got certainly we've got terror cells all around our country. And these guys are arguing about how tall DeSantis is. Yeah. Like, I see that. And I think we don't deserve to win. We it's. (laughs) You know, you know what Trump's going to say at the end of all this? And I, I've got, I, it is ridiculous. I commented on a couple of people. I'm like, really? Grow up. Right. I mean, seriously? This, And then at the, you think that you can say the things you've said and then at the end go, it was just politics. Let's be friends. Right. Yeah, no. No. So what's Some, your, if you had to make a prediction about where this is going to go with the presidential race, um, what what would you say? I don't know that I can predict a winner. I don't know that I wouldn't bet my life on anything right now. I don't believe the I polls are true. Ask. I don't believe, I think the polls are just total. When you tell me that um, that the polls are what they are in Iowa, um that uh Trump has this huge whatever I don't know what 40 30 40 point lead whatever it is I thought and DeSantis I, was leading Iowa um I, maybe maybe he is I told you I've stepped away a little bit but I thought I'd heard this and pe- and I see all the maga people saying that he's going to crush DeSantis uh he's up in the polls and he's going to crush him and I'm like you know um, the governor Kim, the governor is supporting, has backed him. Right. Endorsed him. Half more. I mean, the majority of the legislature has backed him. I thought I heard that all the precinct uh, chairman had backed him. DeSantis. I think there's going to be some some surprises for people from DeSantis. I think the ground game that he put in in Florida to become when he became uh, a congressman and for governor. Uh, he's been doing nationally. And I think there's going to be some surprise. I think he'll win. I think he'll win Iowa. 
You think Trump will win Iowa? No, I think. Um, you think DeSantis will? I think DeSantis is going to okay. is going to win Iowa. I've said that. I did. I have said that before. I I will say this. This is why I can't make a solid prediction because all this uh, prosecution, this yeah, <clears throat> uh, that's going on, is just stacking up votes for Trump because of the way he's being treated. Yep. Because it's completely lawless and unconstitutional. I mean, there's nothing <laughs> constitutional, legal, <laughs> no total banana republic. And we're going to have our work cut out for us, regardless of who the nominee is. Our job is going to be getting the Republicans all united behind that person and, you know, coercing the, the, the other people you know, whether right. it's I mean, people to vote for DeSantis or what, but that's going to be our next job. Some people have said they'd vote for Biden before they'd vote for Trump. If yep, Trump's the nominee. And, and I'm when like, I hear that, I think, you know, with, with that kind of mentality, we don't, we don't deserve this blessing of a country that, that we have, you know, if we're willing to, you know, throw it away like that, it it's uh it is an embarrassment yeah it's we we are the uh we're the greatest nation on earth and 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 you know what we're becoming the worst place to live you know outside of north korea well especially when you go to places like washington right which i went back about a month ago and it was it was really um eye-opening the the stark contrast between you know florida and western washington it truly is like a separate communist country and it's awful i couldn't wait to get out of there washington oregon i mean california new york michigan all of those illinois yeah michigan i i think you know what speaking of michigan you can't tell me with the crap that uh gretchen whitmer pulled all through in co during covid and everything and that just the pure bs crap that she pulled during uh, COVID that, that she won that election. I just, it's, I, it's not conceivable that people are like, Oh, that was fine. Let's, yeah, let's have her again. Yeah. Across the board. I mean, across the country, we saw that, you know, and, Jim, and we got to wrap it up for today, but I know you and I could talk for hours. And so <laughs> we'll definitely have to have you back on and talk about as things progress with the presidential race, I'd love for you to come back and talk with me more about that uh i love it i would definitely love to it keeps me uh in the loop and um i enjoy it very much awesome well thanks for joining me today and for all of our listeners uh we will have notes to where you can connect with jim in the uh we'll have the links in the show notes thanks for having me thanks my friend good to see you you too julie our guests that was a loaded conversation yeah it was and uh for those who don't know we had about a 10 minute conversation off air 
And uh, that's when I know I've had, I'm in the presence of a good guest that is very attuned to what's going on with the world that we live in. And uh, I mentioned to him that I did, I was a committee member, a precinct um, officer here in Linwood, Washington, um, back in the 90s. And um, I, you know, I, I helped out. I, I really got on the bandwagon. I helped uh, Jim Smith way back in those days, um, Joe Marine in those days, and others to try to get into um, office. And then I worked with uh, I remember Kirby Wilbur, which is a big, yeah. big guy, and and others were very much. We we do the they do the Patriot picnics and stuff like that. And I was very very involved with politics at that time, and I'd go to meetings, and then I was part of a PAC meeting, and it was trying to promote things. And then in the midst of this, I um, had really promoted a guy named Jeff Sachs, who was a upcoming, had a lot of good ideas, got in as a uh, a county council member. And actually promoted and did and did accomplish good things for his tenure, but I went out to lunch with what I would call a um, rhino or what I call a middle mainstream Republican. Okay. And he told me, he said, you know that Jeff Sachs, uh, he he kind of went against the grain, and he got a little out of hand, and and he didn't know how things were supposed to be, and so. <clears throat> We kind of made sure he didn't get in the next time around, and I wow. sat and I thought that I'm one to one, and I just said that is what politics is all about. I work my tail off. We get a good person in there, and then there's own people, yep, are stabbing him in the back because he didn't go along with the program, and so I really I stayed involved in the sense of voting, staying things. But I really, boy, I that was an, an eye-opening experience to have sure. someone across the table tell me their own person, their own group, we're going to get them out of there. And they did. And so I've seen this countless times. And when, so I'm a little gun shy now, I'm not saying I wouldn't be involved with going back, but I'm telling you what, when he talked about, we were talking about Agenda 21 off there, and um, everybody running for the Linwood City, by and large, is talking about diversity, equity, green zones, uh, blah, 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 using every one of the catchphrases. There's not one, not one politician running who hasn't used catchphrases. And I'm thinking, they're all doing that ideology, that political correct. We used to call it political correctness, yeah. Julie. Remember it was that term, yeah. politically correct? They even had a show about that. But that ideology is in their verbiage now. They cannot talk. Even my... my on P both sides. On everything. In the PUD, the, the, I get stuff from the hospital. I get, it, it's, it's in everything. And I'm like, if that is an indoctrination... 100%. It's 100% indoctrination. These people don't even understand what they are mouthing. They don't understand it comes from Agenda 21, which was put in place back way, 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 way back. Now it's called 2030. It'll be 2040. It'll be 2050. Because the one thing that people don't understand is God's still in control. Right. And he still has a purpose. And we need to get involved and make that difference. So I really enjoy having Jim on, and um, 
that was really good. Yeah, he uh, he and I met through through Twitter and and through his podcast, which I mentioned. And you know, we've kept we've kept in touch for the last year and a half. And and he's you know, it's things can be really discouraging right now. And so it's nice to have those like minded people that you can vent with, that you can kind of encourage each other to you know keep going. This is all part of God's plan. You know, he is in control, even though it feels like this is complete out of control chaos. God <laughs> is still on the throne and very much in control. And it always comforts me to to remember that God is not surprised by any of this. No, no. We are, but God is not. And um, I saw a quote this morning uh, that said, uh, it's from, it's an Abraham Lincoln quote, America will never be destroyed from the outside if we falter and lose our freedoms, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. Julie, that is what Rome, that's what happened to Rome. That is what happened to Russia. Now there were in, interlopers that came in, the Bolsheviks. They moved in. They they made their place in, in Russia. But we are seeing the same thing. We're seeing the same mentality has been crept into our government, into our schools, into this. And they started... 20, 30, 40 years ago. The main stream, the mainline Protestant churches and some Catholic churches back 30 years ago were already promoting a gay agenda. Right, right. Now we're seeing everything from the Southern uh, Baptist Convention and we're seeing all these others. It was interesting when the, when the COVID narrative was launched, and it was interesting to see how many churches folded, closed their doors, went along with the prop- went along with the program. How many of these religious leaders that we were, you know, that have all these big organizations, multi-million dollar Huge organizations, mega churches, mega churches uh, everybody from I, I won't even name names of people that have tens of millions and twenties and maybe a hundred millions of dollars behind their ministries, all going along with the agenda, all promoting the Operation Warp Speed, all going along with it. And then when the CRT started coming, oh, you've you, you seen everybody from uh, well-known authors, they're, they're, they're going, oh, we got we to gotta make penance, we got to play penance for my great-great-grandfather. And I'm like, they've all, they all took, as one guy likes to say, they all took the download. And that's from yeah, the Matrix. Exactly. They that's took the download, yeah. and they have not. They've never got out of it. They have. They still think now that everything that they've done is just accepted. And I'm like, they are blind, because our our enemy is a spiritual enemy, and he uses deception. And so these people, by and large, have been deceived by the the the, the spiritual forces in high places, and right. they don't understand it. And they don't understand right. they work through human beings. So, yeah. Um, but thank you for bringing it on, Jim. And it is very involved, important. I spent, my, my family and I, we spent probably two hours at least going through everybody on our, who to vote for. And we sat down, we as a family, the three boys, and or my one my one son now, and my oldest, and my wife and I. And we, we do this every year. And, and you have to. And then I'll call yeah. up somebody and say, what do you think? And then I'll do this research. Now you can go online and do it. But Julie, if we're not no, voting, right. we will never see the difference. And right. you and I know that not enough Christians vote. And guess what? We get what we get, quite frankly, because right. the church is turned over like a possum. Uh, and, and we get what we get. We get the government we deserve. Yep. 
Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Great thoughts. I appreciate all that. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. And I want to thank my friend, Jim Grant, for coming on with us. And thank you for listening to the Mill Creek View Florida podcast. Until next time, this is Julie Barrett. Any views or opinions represented on the podcast are personal and belong solely to the creator and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the creator may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.